I'm a child of God. I have in my hand powerful Word of God. It can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That put a smile on your face, didn't it? Are you glad, any of you glad Christmas is behind us? <laughs> Did you feel like this Christmas season it was more like a Jerry Springer Christmas or um, rather than a time for peace and tranquility? You ever, you ever wonder where is the peace in Christmas? It just seems like it's hustle, hustle, rush and rush. We finish our series this morning, Isaiah 9 and verse 6, prophetic verse given 700 years before the birth of Christ. Jesus was called four specific names. For, unto, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And today we're going to focus on Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And I hope that during our worship time this morning, that you will experience the peace that Jesus Christ can bring. Another scripture I want us to see this morning is Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. Well-known passage of scripture. Angel of the Lord speaking to the shepherds in the field. And the angel says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David... A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And when the angel appeared, the angel said, Peace on earth. But when you think about the birth of Jesus, I'm not envisioning a very peaceful thing. I mean, after all, you've got a, a, a teenage girl named Mary, finds out she's pregnant, and she's pregnant by God. Well, that's tough enough to explain. It's a coffee shop. I mean, Starbucks gets some funny things talked about, but I don't think they talk about this one at Starbucks very often. Then you travel through her journey, and at some point, she's nine months pregnant, and they decide to go on a travel across country on the finest Airstream motorhome that was available. It was called a donkey. <laughs> nine months pregnant on the back of a donkey. Really? I don't get any peace out of that. They pull into town, and she's starting to freak out a little bit. Gives the look. All of you men know what I'm saying when I say it gives you the look. She gives him the look and says, I'm going to have this baby. Find me a place. So every place that Joseph looks, there's no Motel 6. There's no flea bag hotel, motel. There's just nothing there. So finally, Joseph is able to negotiate a deal with some guy, and there's no rooms in town, but he's got a barn. And he said, I'll rent you the barn. Okay, that's a good thing. So, 
nine months pregnant, have ridden a donkey all day long, if not longer, having the baby in a barn. Animals and other things that are in the barn. With animals in the barn. And I don't need to say any more. Now, I'm not picturing a lot of peace here. Oh, by the way, no epidural. Can any of, can you say that? No epidural? Now, there's no peace here. I remember when Jeff was born. Cindy was in that, just that transition time where they said it's time for the epidural. So, Dad, you gotta go out in the hallway. So I'll go out in the hallway. I never have quite understood that. But I get to go stand out in the hallway and then they say, okay, Dad, you can come back in. Cause when I went out to the hallway, there was a lot of breathing, <laughs> you know, a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And when I came back in, she's sitting on the edge of the bed, just swinging her legs and going, wee, wee. Now she claims that's never happened. I was there. She, on the other hand, wasn't totally there. <laughs> but I can assure you, an epidural was a wonderful piece of equipment to have at the birth of our first son. But it got even worse. She gives birth, no epidural. Prince of Peace enters planet Earth. King Herod finds out and gets threatened by it and starts to freak out. And he says, I've heard rumors about this. Prophecies have been said. Okay, I want you to find that baby and kill him. In fact, just to make sure, let's kill all baby boys under the age of two. So here we have the Prince of Peace being born, and then all of a sudden these innocent baby boys are all murdered. Peace on earth. Fast forward to today, I see people who just don't have peace. They have anxiety, but not much peace. There's a lot of tension in people's lives today. I see Christian marriages, for instance, and I'll look at people and say, well, they know, he knows Jesus, she knows Jesus, so, you know, they must at least have a peaceful marriage. Huh. But studies show that just as many Christian marriages end up in divorce as non-Christian marriages. Some studies say even more so. How sad is that? That Christians can't work through their differences. Husbands and wives can't work through their differences, and yet they both claim to be Christians. How about finances? I know people in their money today, they're making more money today than they've ever made in all of their lives, and yet they're under such financial tension. It's absolutely amazing. Where's the peace in that? How about relations and relational tension? I want what I want when I want it, is the Spirit. (laughs) I'm going to get what I want. I don't care what you want. Tension. Well, we just went through a season of tension. It starts on Black Friday. Actually, it starts on Thanksgiving Day. But Black Friday, how many people are fighting? They're shooting each other over stuff. There was one, what is it, a 60-inch TV screen that Walmart had on sale, and they had one left, and two people fighting for it, and one of them pulled out a gun and said, I'm getting it. Shot the other one. That's awesome. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Yeah, it's my will, and I'm going to impose it right here. You ever try to find a parking space at the mall during the Christmas season? And you see one, and you come zipping up to it, and you zip in there only to find that person 
zipping in front of you. And then looking at you like, nah, 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 nah. At that point, you feel death could be an imminent thing for this person. Where's the peace here? Turn on the news. ISIS. School shootings. Car bombings. Hey, gas prices are low. Only to find out that that's bad. Doesn't cost us as much. And yet the economy went haywire upward because the gas prices were cut. Well, what if we cut taxes? Watch out. Tension. Now, this is going to sound funny. I'm not trying to be a heretic here, but if Jesus came in to be the Prince of Peace, did he fail? Did he fail? It ultimately depends on how you define peace and define Jesus, really. I've always thought that peace would be the thing that would remove my anxiety or peace would calm me when I'm disturbed. But when I study Jesus, the Prince of Peace, we find that He is so much more than just that. So who is Jesus? Among other names, He's called the Prince of Peace, but in Hebrew... It's the word Sar Shalom. Now let's talk about those words for a minute. Sar. It means the one in charge. The Lord. The chief. It means the general. The Romans, they used the word Sar and it became the word Czar. C-Z-A-R. Then it became Caesar like Julius Caesar. In other words, the one who was in charge. Jesus is the captain, the chief, the Lord, the Tsar of Shalom. Now, what Shalom mean? <clears throat> shalom was actually a greeting that one person would give to another. Shalom. It means rest. The kind of rest that we need. It means tranquility, wholeness, completeness. On Christmas Day, I had one of the best Mornings I've had in a long time. My granddaughter Lincoln, in her Christmas dress and her stocking feet, laid on my chest, and she and I took the longest nap together. Somebody took a picture of us taking a nap, and I don't care. Because that was awesome. Now, if somebody tried to move her, I would have taken their arm off. Because I sleep better with that baby laying on my chest. Of course, I sleep good anywhere. Just give me five minutes alone. And a football game going on, and if you change the channel, I'll say, hey, I was watching that, and I stopped that. But shalom means rest. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. He was the captain of rest. He's the Lord of tranquility. He's the chief of contentment. He is Sar Shalom. And as long as we're under Christ, we can have His peace. Does that mean that we can do anything we want and still have peace? No. You can't 
get, a, get your girlfriend pregnant and then go to church and have peace. I'm sorry, you just won't. Because you're doing something outside the lordship, outside the leadership of Shalom. Can a couple get in this big knockdown, drag out fight where they go ballistic and call each other names, embarrass their kids, and suddenly expect to find the peace of God? No, it's not going to happen. Because outside the Sar Shalom, we can't find that peace. How about getting credit cards and charging them up? Boy, this is the time of year when we do that. We don't have the money to buy this stuff. We'll just charge it at 3,900%. Might as well. That's what they're charging you. And they just keep raising it all the time, just laughing as they go. Because the government got involved, remember? They're going to change the credit card uh, percentages. We're going to stop these mean old credit card people. And what they do? Doubled them. Tripled them. Anytime, what Ronald Reagan said, anytime somebody says, Hi, I'm here to help. I'm from the government. Run! Run! You're going to find peace when those credit cards are maxed out. No. Because you're outside the Sar Shalom. It's only when we're under the lordship of the Tsar, the one who is in charge, that we experience his peace. Jesus is the Tsar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And the amazing thing is that we are under the lordship of Christ. And when we stay there, he can give us a peace that most people don't understand. When things are going wrong in our life, because we're under the Tsar, Shalom, it's okay. We react different. We don't see it the same way. When your private world's falling apart, Jesus can give you an inward peace that goes beyond human understanding. But just as the Sar Shalom can give you peace, He can take, take that peace away. Now you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would He do that? Because He is the Sar Shalom. He is the Prince of Peace. He may remove your peace to get your attention. He may remove His peace when you've left Him to draw you back to Him. Why would He do it? He's the Lord of Peace, the Prince of Peace. He's the Sar Shalom. Peace is more. Shalom is more than just that peaceful, easy feeling you get. There's a song written about that one. It's a completeness, a wholeness, a tranquility, it's a rest. He's the Lord or He's the Prince of Peace. And when you're under Him, you can experience His peace. When you step outside of His will and His way, you may not experience His peace. That's why we want to stay under and be under the Sar Shalom. What does it mean in our everyday life? Two things real quickly there in your notes. First, Jesus is the Sar Shalom. And because of that, His peace, He is the peace who comforts you. He is the peace who comforts you. Some of you right now, you've got some things in your life that are just going haywire. There's no inward spiritual peace. Understand that the Sar Shalom, Jesus wants to bring you comfort. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Notice it's not your peace, it's His peace. He said, I don't give it to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. He's going to give you His peace, not yours. 
His peace. It's the peace of the one who's in charge of rest, of shalom. He gives you His peace. Some of you might say, well, what if I don't have His peace? Well, if you don't have His peace, maybe. I mean, you're a believer in Jesus, but you're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to run on your own energy. You're trying to figure it all out by yourself. You're trying to solve it on your own. You're trying to do and cope with life outside the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. So what, what should we do? Well, Scripture is very clear. Philippians chapter 4. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by nail-biting and worry. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did your translation not say that? Well, by getting upset and cussing. Oh, does yours say that? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present our request to God, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. When we are outside trying to cope on our own, we don't have peace. We simply step under the Lordship of Christ, and then we take our request and we present it to Him and say, I can't do this. And an amazing peace comes over us. You see, when we relinquish control and power, amazing peace comes into our life. Second thing I want you to see there in your notes, Jesus is also the peace who saves you. In Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God, not because we are out here trying to do our own good works, but we have peace with God through the Sar Shalom, our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you might say, but I don't really know if I have peace with God. I don't feel that peace. Well, why not? Well, because perhaps the one who can give us peace and take it away has strategically removed peace from you to draw you toward himself. And you might say, man, that doesn't sound right. That's what parents do all the time. We withdraw stuff to get our kids to behave. And then we reward them when they do right. Only for them to turn on that, and then we have to bribe them more, and then they get more behavior. So it's like Pavlov's dog, isn't it? That's how we raise our kids. And we don't ever strike our children. Lord, have mercy. I believe God put extra padding on the backside for a reason. And not necessarily to sit on. Now, you might say, you're hyperventilating about the fact the preacher's beating his children. I spanked my children. I did. They're adults now. They're all functional. None of them are in a straitjacket. None of them are in the insane asylum. They seem to have made it okay. But today, if they saw me do what I did to my kids today, I'd be in prison for child abuse. I remember one time we were in a grocery store and Corey, oh, he just went into one of those wild and raging fit things. Cindy was smart. She said, come on. I said, where are we going? I can't leave this kid. She said, come on. So we just took off walking. All of a sudden, he raised up and realized that we weren't paying any attention to him. He quit. But my favorite story, not about our family, but but one I read, it's really not about our family. 
promise. Because I've told you this one before. But it's about the mom who's walking through and it's got the, the little child in, in, the, in the seat part of the uh, basket. And they're going through and, and the mom's saying, Now, Crystal, Crystal, behave yourself now. Crystal, calm down. Stay calm. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's, it'll be all right. Just, just a little bit longer. Now, now, Crystal, just hang in there. So a lady watched her do this for two or three rows, two or three aisles, while the little kid was just, you know, going off the wall. And finally, the, the woman couldn't take it any longer, so she stopped the, the mother and she said, you know, I'm just so proud of you for being so patient with your little daughter, Crystal. She said, oh, that's not Crystal. I'm Crystal. <laughs> I mean, there's, where's that piece at? Sometimes it gets withdrawn so that we're drawn back, and that's what happens sometimes in our life, is we realize that we've got things we're trying to run when we ought to be letting God have control of those things. Let God have them. Let God have them. Evangelist Ray Comfort goes out on the street, does a, he does a question on the street type thing, and I read a few of his questions. I thought I might have fun with you. First, one question he asked one time was, how many of you ever told a lie? Let me see your hands in here. How many have ever told a lie? Okay, those of you that have raised your hand, turn around, look at those that don't have your hand up. Yeah, those are liars. All right. How many of you have ever stolen something? All right. Of course, you, if you don't tithe, you steal every week from God. Oh, well, look at now. How many of you, don't raise your hand on this one. How many of you have looked lustfully at someone? Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't somebody, oh, no, no. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. You see, there's a place to draw a line in our lives. And there's a time when we need to do what God's called us to do and do right. In fact, about that lustful thing, Jesus said, if you've ever looked lustfully at someone, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So based on these three questions, what I have here in my midst at our church are some lying, thieving adulterers. <laughs> and I want to say welcome to River Oaks. You found the right place because we're just sinners saved by God's grace. And we're just normal people doing life together. That's what we are. Amen? We've all got our struggles. And we've all got our little quirks. And we've all got our little whatevers. You fill in the blank. But the good news is, Jesus can bring peace in the midst of chaos. But when we stay outside, the only one who can bring real spiritual peace, we got a problem. And at Christmas time, it's incredibly important that we remember and never forget, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. He gave His only Son. Be a giver in life, not a taker. This only Son, born of a virgin, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Because we, with an earthly father, inherit a sin nature. I have never yet, when I was raising my children, I never yet said, okay, boys, let's sit down. We're going to have a 20-minute lesson on how to sin. I've not yet, I never had to do that. They knew how to sin. Oh, they knew it. 
And it seemed like anything that we taught them to not do, they went and did anyway. Any of you experiencing that? Any of you on the backside of it and are grandparents and grateful you're not experiencing it? Oh, that's me. I apologized to Jeff the other day. He said, what for? I said, because I used to get so upset at such little bitty things. He said, well, we turned out okay. I said, well, I know. You guys have this twitch in your neck. But other than that, you guys did pretty good. But you know, there's sometimes you can look back in things and see, well, I could have done it a little bit different. Amen? See, we're there. All of us are there. But don't wait till you're a grandparent. Get it now. Find that sar shalom in your life. Ephesians 2 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ, for Christ himself is our peace. Outside of him, we've got no promise. Inside of him, we have peace that passes all understanding. As long as we stay under the one who's in charge. Father, I ask you this morning, as we sing a song of invitation, that, Father, you will be very real to each of us. That we will sense your presence and we will know your presence. And, Father, we will continue to experience the peace inside or realize that maybe we're not having that peace because we've kind of walked away from you. For whatever reason, we can have peace. We can have the peace that passes all understanding if we'll stay under the Sar Shalom. So God, if there's somebody here today that just needs some peace in their life, would you help them respond in courage and if they might respond to this invitation call. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.